to the second edition of the Pass the Sticks podcast. All right, fellas, we'll dive in. Um, anything pressing that you guys want to talk about um, to start of the show? The biggest news of the week, obviously, is the Catino loan. I was waiting for you to say it. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say it. Because outside of the, obviously outside of the games that were played, um, the fact that there are still there there's still deals being done after these games are being played uh, is a pretty big deal, um, especially when you're um, talking about a player like Catino who was bounced around bounced around to different clubs um, throughout the transfer market or transfer. Uh, rumor mill that he was going anywhere from PSG to Arsenal to Tottenham then to, for him to <laughs> back to Liverpool back to Liverpool <laughs> then to end up at Bayern and it sounded like he uh, he pressed for this move um, so I think that's the biggest um, news of the week um, just because that's going to instantly impact that team yeah so I was watching ESPN FC, which I don't do a lot. I'm not a big <laughs> fan. But um, they were kind of running some questions on the Coutinho that I thought would be good opening topics. Um, one of the first ones that I thought was an interesting idea is if you felt like Coutinho was a panic buy for Bayern. Um, and by that, they were basically saying, you know, Bayern didn't really bring in anyone. You know, you made the Hernandez move. You made the Parvar move. Um, but otherwise, you really weren't adding to the attacking, you know, players. Um, other than Perisic, you know, last week, which I feel like kind of flew under the radar. You know, people kind of counted him off. Uh, I think he will have an impact, but that's kind of a sidebar. Uh, but do you feel like after the Sané news and after, you know, Odoi and other deals not coming together, um, do you feel like Bayern panicked to take that loan deal for Coutinho um, instead of locking down someone probably younger uh, that could beat a long-term contract? Uh, do you guys have any thoughts on that? Uh, I don't think it was a panic buy. Um, I think that was, I think this is, obviously this is something that was being done behind the scenes that just came out of nowhere, it seems, it seems like. But I don't think it was a panic buy because, I mean, he's a central midfielder. It's not like, it's not like they added like a forward and it was like, oh, we're just, just going to go spend how much ever money we want on a, on, a, uh, on a player and use that as our attacker. Because right. you still have one of the most like, the dangerous striker in all of this Bundesliga with Lewandowski just there, but him having him someone back there to kind of compliment him and who can deliver balls to him and kind of take that pressure off of him like Coutinho can because before he even left uh, Liverpool for Barcelona he had like a thirty goal season. Right. So he he obviously he obviously has a nose of the goal. Right. So and, and that's why I think it's kind of crazy to, to call that a panic move. I mean, like if I'm panicking and I end up picking up Coutinho, I think that's a pretty good day. You know what I'm saying? Like. And let's um, let's be real about this. It's not a panic. I mean, they spent what eight and a half million. Well, on that's that loan exactly deal? what I'm looking up right now. Is like the money that's involved. There's really no risk for Bayern. You're paying eight and a half. And you're paying his wages, which. I think his wages are interesting 16, to see. 16, I believe is what yeah, it is. Yeah, because he still will be the highest paid player at Bayern. Um, but we're looking at just the season. Right. Um, the other thing that they were talking about, which I think leads into the next section, is if we think Coutinho stays. I think it's too early to know. Um, the 120 is definitely too high for a player of his age. Yeah. Um, Bayern's not paying 120 million for 
you know, a 27 year old. Yeah, yeah. for a 27 year old. Um, I pay for 100, like a 23 year old. I do think that it becomes interesting if Coutinho does have a lot of joy and, um, you know, he's gelling with the squad and, you know, if Nico stays and is able to utilize him, it does become interesting. Um, and Barcelona has made it clear that they don't have any plans for him. So I do think negotiations could come um, if we got to that point. But then you also have to look at, like, the Hamas situation where the player himself has to stay, has to want to stay, I should say. Um, because at the end of the day, he could say, hey, I don't want to stay at Bayern and, you know, go wherever at that point. Um, and if his stock is higher, you can go get paid elsewhere. So it's a very interesting move. Um, it's definitely a stopgap move. But to me, there's a lot worse players that you can get <laughs> to come in um, to help your squad than Coutinho, especially if you go look at what he was able to do in Liverpool. The other thing I like about this Coutinho move is that when we do play in the Champions League against better competition, let's say that Coutinho doesn't start and we go with what was our best lineup last year. We had Muller right underneath Lewandowski. When we need to go to our bench, we're going to pick up someone like Coutinho who had a legitimate case to be made to be a starter. And you're able to sub in guys when we have that depth. I mean, we people praised Liverpool and City and other teams all year about the attacking depth that they were able to bring in the 70th minute when most of your defenders are tired. And you can bring in a world-class player and continue to play at a high level. I like the I like the Coutinho move. I think it's going to work itself out just fine, and I think Bayern didn't panic this transfer window. I think they went for Leroy Sané, which everyone wanted them to get. That was I think we can all agree a guaranteed going to happen move until the injury, and you see telling me that after the injury we settled or panicked and ended up with Perisic and Coutinho for. What, eight and a half mil, and what did we pay for for Perisic? Not much. Like the wages are. Right, the wages are the real thing. That's the different, but like the transfer money was almost nothing. Oh, so. That's good. That the Perisic one, uh, Dill, like like you said before, flew underneath the radar. Yeah. Yeah. That that's someone who's going to help out a lot. Um, Another bit of uh, transfer news, which just came in from Sports Build. Um, Schalke is interested in Philip Max and Ricardo Rodriguez, um, former Wolfsburg man. Uh, we like very Wolfsburg big players. Fan. <laughs> yeah, very big fan. He's currently at um, AC, I believe. Um, basically saying though that um, that Mendel, Bentaleb, and Kano would all have to go go before Schalke's and, in and, we, and from what we know, those deals, those deals should be happening any day now. From from sources inside the club, they're saying you know they're 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 re- they're still training, right? Because obviously they're trying to keep him fit. Um, but I think Kono uh, is supposed to be going off to Vasikas, I believe. Yeah. Um, Benzela maybe going to uh, Bremen. Um, I don't know where Mendel is supposed to be going off to, but do you like that? Do you like those moves? Um, I mean, Philip Max is an interesting one because. Now, that was something we're going to talk about, too, is that Augsburg just brought in two new defenders, um, Gideon yeah. Lechsteiner and then Austo Yeva from um, Leverkusen. So it does open up that back line, which, yeah. let's be honest, has been a little suspect anyway. Um, and it seems like Philip Max has kind of checked out. I mean, he's definitely too good to be playing at Augsburg. Um, he deserves a shot. He was yeah. 
his assist the my, past few years. My only thing, um, and, and you know, we, we can talk, we'll, we can get into this later when we get into like the, uh, if we do like, any, like game previews or whatever, or game reviews, um, but that Chicago defense, I don't think they need any, I don't think they need much, you know, where they're, Salif Aslani is still, you know, on, on the bench. You know, we have K-Bock who's coming off, coming off an injury, who's uh, coming back through. You know, we have these defenders that, I mean, maybe Philip Math could be a good, um, he could be a good buy in case, I know John Joe Kenny is only on loan. Mm-hmm. You know, if we buy him, you know, and buy Philip Math, maybe that, that's something we can use for it right back for the future. But, our, I, honestly, the only thing that I can see that we really need is, you know, maybe more, maybe more attacking depth. But again. here's the interesting, uh, interesting tidbit for me when I think that Augsburg was at their best. We've got the 2017-2018 season. Philip Max, 33 games, two goals, but listen here, 12 assists. That's the thing that's interesting to me. Um, you know, 12 assists in 33 games for. Um, I think he was playing a little bit of right back, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, oh, left back, I believe. But that's the part that stands out to me as a fullback that's distributing, um, yeah. you know, at that level. Uh, obviously, last year it declined, declined fast. And um, he only played 25 games and you just had the two assists. But we can also look across the board that Oxford had trouble. So do we chalk it all up to him? Maybe not. Um, but I think that's an interesting thing to see is that someone that can continue to get balls into the box for Schalke to yeah. feed, you know, likes of Bergstaller and Uth. Um, I like it. I agree with what you're saying, though, from a defensive standpoint. He might not be necessary, but as far as pushing forward, because um, I think that someone like uh, Stambouli, for instance, is very much more defensive-minded player. Um, obviously, Calvary can play anywhere, right? <laughs> um, and I feel like John Joe is another one that will push forward. And, and, um, and I mean, we... It would be nice to have someone come um, that we can bring in off the bench for uh, John Joe Kenny or right. Chica, who's on on the left or right, because then we can actually have some depth on defense on those sides. But again, we have Salif Sane, who you know we have Matt the uh, who can slide over to one of those uh, wing back slots if we need him to. Um, we had that with the Tedesco era where. They play the three back, and they were very effective on that uh, defensive line. So, we'll we'll see what happens if they get those those players. But like I said, for now, that defense, from what I saw over the weekend, that defense is, is solid. Yeah. All right, recap from match day one, starting with that Friday game. We've got Bayern versus a two-two matchup. Keenan, what are your thoughts on that one? My thoughts is that it's just not a good matchup for Bayern. They don't play well against Hertha. Hertha has Bayern's number sort of mentally, I think, almost. Yeah, last matchups we saw match day two last year. Hertha wins 2-0. Um, then we saw match day 23. Javier Martinez's goal is the only thing that separates them. So, yeah, I don't think that match says a lot. And a lot of people want to say crisis mode. doesn't say a lot about either club. Yeah, um, I mean, kind of what you guys said. I mean, I think Bayern got unlucky. Uh, I think Bayern should have won that game. Um, and they got a deflection on a goal, and you know, Noir makes that save. To you know, you, you get that, you give Noir another chance. That's a save. Yeah, without deflection, definitely. Um, Dorman Augsburg thoughts. Um, it is predict- predicted on the table on how each team is going to uh, fare of the season. 
Okay. Dorman's going to be at the top. Oliver's going to be at the bottom. Um, just how it's going to go. Top, like, like, top, top? Top, or? top, like, top two, three. Okay, <laughs> top, top, like, two. Okay. Okay, so you, you got them all there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Where everyone does. I mean, huge day for Dorman. They're scary. Um, but again, it is Augsburg, like you said. I think they're going to be a relegation team this year. So, again, kind of same thing. Not a lot that you can pull from that being match day one. But as Dorman, you have to feel good, especially getting Brandon, getting a goal first day. So, um, yeah, if you're a Dorman fan, you got to like what you see. Yeah, it's exactly what you expect. Um, next up on this rapid fire, we've got Leverkusen Paderborn. Steven, I know you had a lot of thoughts on this one. It's a, it was a fun matchup. Uh, Paderborn, you know, they, you know, unlucky that they didn't uh, tie it up or win the game even. Um, they don't play defense, which is going to hurt them against a team, say, like Bayern, Dortmund. Like, you know, that's, that's going to hurt them a lot. Um, but, you know, they, you know, they, I think they surprised uh, Leverkusen with their, with their play. Yeah, yeah, I and mean, we gotta like what you see. Um, could have been a draw. I, I wish it was a draw, but I mean, props to Leverkusen to hold on and get the three points. But uh, Paderborn's gonna mess with some teams. Um, next up, we've got the Wolfsburg Cologne matchup. Again, this is, this is another one that you know should have maybe gone a different way. Um, you know, obviously, obviously, I think Cologne um, they they won the possession battle. They didn't make it. They didn't make it count. Um, but at the end of the day, Wolfsburg got it done. Cologne didn't. Yeah, that's about all you can say. And I think with a newly promoted side, it's going to take time. But they've got to close out these cups of games. Um, Bremen, Dusseldorf. Uh, that one was one that I think we all can agree didn't necessarily see coming. I know Bremen has been susceptible in, in some matches, especially last year. Games that they should have won, they should have closed out. Um, what are y'all thought, y'all's thoughts on that one? I mean, I think you, you and I touched on it earlier. It's the post-Max Crusa era. It's going to take some adjustments, and they got caught off guard. Yeah, I think Dustdorf is going to be a surprise team this year. Yeah, so we saw Max Crusa. I just I brought up this fact. Max Crusa last year, 11 goals and 9 assists. So, you know, that's sitting up 20 goals um, in 32 games, and then that also doesn't count his other involvement defensively um, and movement off the ball. So that's going to have a big impact, but they got a young team, a lot of talent. Um, Freiburg Mainz. Uh, that's one that kind of was our sleeper match. Not a lot of people were talking about that one a lot. Steven, I know you caught a little bit of that. What are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, uh, Mainz got unlucky last 10 minutes of the game to get um, those three goals against them. <laughs> one was a penalty, so not, not really much you can do that. Um, but they both teams defended well. I think it, unfortunately, I think it's how the tables will look like for both those teams. Um, they're both going to be fighting for, you know, stay alive. I don't think Mines is gonna go down. I don't think Freiburg is gonna go down, but they're gonna they're gonna be in that that half of the table. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And um, we see a lot of this with teams, it'll be a defensive battle. One team will open up a little bit and then end up getting punished. I kinda of think that's what happened there if Mines had just continued to hold on. Um, you know, they both could have ended with one point versus you know what looks like a bit of a thrashing on, yeah. on paper three 0 but it's yeah. a little deceiving. Um your boy Stevie we got Gladback Shogger. They, they can't get it done, but... Yeah, this one was a disappointment of the day for me. Um, it wasn't it wasn't that they, it, was a bad, it was a bad game for both teams. Um, they they just could... No one could finish in this game. It was... I mean, that's kind of the theme we're going with this weekend was <laughs> no one can finish. Um, you know, uh, Ramon had that chance in the uh, half, first half of the game. They could have been up 1-0. And the way that Schalke was playing on defense that, that that day, 
I don't think they would have. I don't think Cloudland would have scored, and that would have been three points for Shaw. Yeah, I mean we had the the play one that was that yeah. could have gone the other way. Yeah. Uh, I mean match day one, you're gonna see that teams are still getting their footing. But um, I will say this: um, if if Shaw gets their offense together, they're gonna be dangerous. Okay. With, I mean, with, I with, <laughs> with the way their defense have been playing, and I know you know bias. No, you've been saying it. You've been saying it. I know you, people can call bias or whatever, <laughs> but the way their defense play right. and with the attacking players that Gladback has, and the way they stifled them under a Marco Rose, you know, management right. now, which we will be seeing a lot of goals from Gladback. Right. Uh, I, th- I think, and, and that's what they were saying. Uh, our next fixture, we had the Frankfurt. Hoffenheim on the Sunday night game. Sunday morning. Um, Sunday morning. Well, well Sunday morning yeah. for us. Yeah, night there. It's uh, or late afternoon, I should say. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that one? Uh, that one running was theme, one that, running, yeah, running theme, can't finish. Frankfurt couldn't finish. Yeah. But again, I think Hoffenheim, they, they were un, unlucky to finish a couple as well. Um, but I think I think Frankfurt's going to be in for a huge year. Um, it's going to be an interesting fight for that last four, that last four, uh, last four spot. Uh, I have a pretty good feeling of who the first three are, um, but that that four that could be open to anybody. Yeah, boy, Kostic looked good, and I mean, um, having Rebic, which knock on wood, it looks like he's going to be there next year. It's going to make a big difference. Um, obviously, you're missing two of your biggest attacking threats, but Frankfurt's still going to be fun. Um, a really great defensive shape from them. Yep. Um, so gotta like what you see there. Um, and finally, <laughs> the well, could send a Dortmund one, but this one might be our thrashing of the week. Um, the Union Berlin. Unfortunately, yeah, this was this one was a good one. I mean, um, I think the gesture that um, the Union Berlin supporters had when they held up they held up those signs that was a good um, gesture for the Bundesliga to recognize those uh, um, people that couldn't obviously that pass away before Union can get there. Um, yeah, and that they counted for that as attendance. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, uh, this is a story that. Union of Berlin uh, supporters, they brought, um, they were like big printouts, uh, pictures of, you know, former fans that had passed that were not able to be uh, at the match and um, counted them in attendance. Um, so it was an atten- it was an attendance record for them. Right, but they paid for those tickets they, yeah. for people that were no longer alive. Yeah. And, and what's cool too is um, that stadium was actually rebuilt by fans wow. in 2008. Like all the fans, uh, they, they took a day and they, they rebuilt that stadium. Or almost not just a single day, but like they took the time out, took the time out to that that uh, stadium by themselves. Yeah, and I mean, so I, I unfortunately I feel bad for Union when they got <laughs> thrashed by a Red Bull, but at the end of the day, you gotta play soccer, you, you gotta play. So right, you don't, you don't you don't get you don't get wins for sympathy. This is a sign of the Nagelsmann era. I, I know we're yes. going a bit long on this, but I think this is this is a team that we're, we're all gonna be watching very closely. And yes, this is this is one that's going to be in the top three. Yeah, right. Um, this is, my point was going to be that speaking of the team in the top three, this is what you're going to see with Nagelsmann and his new toys that yeah. he's got this year. Dude. I have a um, I, get, I mean, this is kind of taking a little bit longer for this one, but surprise prediction. I think Red Bull. I think Leipzig is going to challenge for the title. I I mean I'm I'm with you. I I, I think they're going to be up there. Um, they, they have the they have the offense. You know. They have the defense. Nagelsmann's in there with that. You know, with what he did with Hoffenheim. I think I think Red Bull's going to be a tough team this year. And I think Timo is going to have a heck of a year, especially now that it looks like he's going to stay and he knows that he's going to Bayern next year. So um, I think part of it will be all right. Bayern doubted me; they didn't want to bring me in yet. 
I understand it's a free transfer, but at the same time, I really wanted to be there. So, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show out a little bit. Plus with Euros, we talked about this over and over again. Um, you know, as Yogi starts to work on that, that national team squad, um, I think some of these these players that have a little something to prove, um, which you do have to feel for Leroy Sané, gosh. But, uh, yeah, I think that they're going to have big years. These, not, I won't call them French players, but um, different players with kind of a chip on their shoulder. And as far as Frankfurt, we talked a little bit about their attacking deficiencies this week. They had a lot of um, great defensive shape, but just could not finish. We have to remember that Bastos is coming in. Massive transfer for them. He's got Bundesliga experience. Back in his Wolfsburg days between 2012 and 2016, looking at 85 matches, 36 goals. He gets out to Sporting in 2016. 83 matches, 76 goals for him. So... Very clinical. Giant at 6'5. Yeah, um, just a massive dude. Um, I'm going to be a tank for a very physical team already. Um, you think that's going to have a big effect for them? I mean, obviously, but do you think that it's going to be a difference maker? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, that's going to that's gonna have on Revit so much. Having, some, having someone else who can take the pressure off, off of them. Because going in, we thought, oh, well, he's going to be their main attack player. Now they got this guy in. I think it's similar to what you see with Paulson and Werner. You get right. a, a speedy, technical player in Rebic combined with a big guy who can hold up play or be a menace in the box. Yeah, Dust is going to hold up, clip a lot of space, and uh, Rebic will be able to get a wide. It's going to be a joy to watch. All right, lads, so we're looking at the matches this week. We're not going to go in-depth about each one. Uh, maybe we'll do like a little write-up. We could post on Twitter or something with a deeper thoughts. But any that stand out to you that you think are going to be maybe a 50-50, maybe see, you know, an upset in the making. Uh, I'll just jump in. I think, obviously, our big one is going to be that um, that Saturday afternoon, the Bayern Chaga. I think that um, both teams have a little something to prove. Um, I'm excited to see Coutinho. I hope he gets a little action this week. Um, and then I think our biggest one of this week, even bigger than that one, is Probably the Sunday Leipzig Frankfurt. Um, what you guys feeling for that one? Uh, I was going into the Leipzig Frankfurt game um, as thinking it could be a draw because Frankfurt's defense—I think they can hold Leipzig's offense, but Leipzig's offense is a whole different animal than um, Hoffenheim. It's definitely one that's not. But, but Frankfurt easy. has always been one of those hard-nosed defensive teams that, you know, that they're, they're they just they they like to be that, that physical presence, not not make it easy for anybody to come through. No, not at all. I I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna go Leipzig. <laughs> Said Dortmund. I'm gonna go Leipzig <laughs> in that one. Uh, I think they do get it done, and I think kind of feeling I'm getting is it's going to be tight for a while and once the floodgates open I wouldn't be surprised to see Leipzig put a, a couple on them um, just with the attack that they've got and just the excitement that I will say this has Leipzig has, has um, outside of Union we, we talked about this earlier Leipzig's schedule is not easy no not open up you know they have Frankfurt uh, this week they have Gladbach uh, they have Schalke uh, they have Bayern uh, I think in Bremen and they have five teams that can, can cause an injury for them.